Welcome to the Your Best Life for Eternity podcast. That's right. It's not about living for the now. It's about living now for eternity. This is the place where Christian maturity is measured, not by how much you know, but by how much you are obeying of what you know. We are looking to raise up an army of 100% sold out committed followers of Jesus who are willing to give up everything, including their own lives, to follow him and complete the Great Commission in this generation. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey, welcome. Welcome to your Best Life for Eternity Now podcast. My name's Brad Taylor. Glad you're here. And hey, I'm going to go ahead. I'm, I'm told I'm supposed to do this. Ask you to subscribe to this uh, channel right now. So go ahead, hit the subscribe button. Don't ask you to hit the like button yet. You don't know if you like it or not. But hit the subscribe button. So that way uh, we get subscribers, which moves us up, which more people can get this. Because what we're about is, I want to tell you a little bit uh, what we're about so you know what you're getting into. What we're about is primarily is seeing the Great Commission, seeing God's worldwide operation completed in this lifetime. And before you say that's not going to happen, do you know if you run the numbers, it is very possible that that could happen in this lifetime. The problem is, is that we as the church, we as Christians, we need to train and equip and mobilize more people to be able to do their primary job, which is to go out and consistently and effectively and confidently be making disciples of Jesus. And so that's what we're about. Part of what we do here is we're trying to raise up what we call an army of 100% sold-out, committed followers of Jesus. And what we mean by that is they're willing to do whatever it is is needed to obey Him, regardless of the consequences to themselves or others including giving up their own lives, if that's what's required, to see God's great worldwide operation completed in this lifetime. And the second thing we're trying to do that we're working toward, and and I think this is a big one, it's going to take some time, but it's a big one, is changing the definition of a successful church from its Sunday attendance numbers to its lifetime sent out numbers. What do we mean by lifetime sent out numbers? What we mean is the number of people that that church has sent out over the lifetime of that church to go and take the gospel to those who have never heard the gospel. And so that's what we're about. And a phrase you'll hear us use commonly is we are not living for the now, but we are living now for eternity. So we're not living for now, trying to get the most we can out of this life for this life. But we're using this life to live with our eyes on getting the most out of eternity. And so what we do is, uh, one of the ways that we train and equip people is through this video, through this podcast, through this blog, whatever you want to call it. It's it's getting mixed up how those two words uh, seem to be interchangeable almost now. And so we just cover different topics here to try to equip and train people so that they can go out and be better disciple makers of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And today's topic is the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, and how that relates to disciple making. But before we get to that, I want to check in with the two questions that we usually ask, at least these two questions, that if you will incorporate in your life, will drastically improve your disciple making. The first question is, what is God showing you? 
And how are you doing at immediately, immediately obeying what God wants you to do? So what is God showing you? And how are you doing at immediately doing what it is God wants you to do? And the second question is, can you give me the names of all the people in the past week that you've attempted to start a spiritual conversation with, with the intention of making disciples of Jesus? So give me the names of the people that you've talked with in the past week and attempted to start a spiritual conversation with the intention of making disciples of Jesus. Add those to your weekly check-in with yourself, and you'll see a drastic increase and improvement in your disciple-making. All right, let's get to the topic to now. Today, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, and disciple-making. You know, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, uh, before we go any further, I just want to say those are the same thing, at least the way we're referring to it. And the reason I say it's the same thing, if you look in uh, Matthew chapter 4, you'll see that John the Baptist was arrested. And then it says Jesus went out and started preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The exact same event is recorded in Mark chapter 1, where he says John the Baptist was arrested and Jesus went out and began to pe- preach, repent for the kingdom of God is at, is at hand. Exact same instance, exact same event. One refers to it as the kingdom of heaven in Matthew. One refers to it as the kingdom of God in Mark. And so when we say kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, we're using those interchangeably here. But the real point is the kingdom of God seemed to be be very important to John the Baptist. It seemed to be important to Jesus, and it seemed to be important to Paul. And if it's important to those guys, perhaps it's important to us. You know, John the Baptist said, hey, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus began his ministry by saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, Jesus went on uh, when he's talking about the end of time in Matthew 24. He says, "Um, this gospel of the kingdom, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all the nations as a testimony, will be preached as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And then in Acts chapter 1, Luke records, uh, verse 3, chapter 1, verse 3, the 40 days that Jesus was with his followers between when he rose from the dead and when he went back to, to be with the Father. It says, he taught them and spoke about the kingdom of God. Interesting, isn't it? And then when you get to the last chapter of Acts, Acts 28, the very, I believe it's the last two verses, 30 and 31, uh, it talks about Paul when he's arrested and he's in Rome, and it says for two years he taught everyone who came, and he taught about what? The kingdom of God. So perhaps the kingdom of God is something that's important, and we should look at it. And so today I just want to look at one of the stories, or some people call them a parable, that Jesus told that gave us gives us some insight into the kingdom of God, and you're probably familiar with it. It's the story of the, of the four soils, right? The sower. So this farmer guy, the sower, he goes out and he starts throwing his seed everywhere. And some of the seed falls on a walking path, a footpath. And, you know, the ground's really hard there. And before it can do anything, the birds come and they eat up all the seeds. So it, it produces nothing. Uh, second type of uh, soil is the seed falls on it. It's got rocks. It's got a lot of rocks in the soil. So uh, the seed starts sprouting really quick and, and the plant starts growing and it looks great. But because of the rocks, the roots are not very deep 
And so when the sun comes out, it gets scorched and it dies because it doesn't have much roots, can't get the moisture. Right? Uh, the third type of uh, seed falls on soil that's got a bunch of thorns in it. And so the seed actually sprouts and starts growing pretty quickly, but the thorns just choke it out and it dies and, and it never produces anything. Well, there's a, a fourth type of soil that the seed fell on, and this was really good fertile soil and the seeds uh, took root and the, and the plant started growing and it produced a huge crop. Uh, sometimes some of it was 30 times more than was planted, some 60 times more than planted, Some's a, some produce a crop 100 times more than what was planted. And then Jesus says to the big crowd that he's speaking to, he says, hey, basically, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. And he leaves. Well, some of his followers come to him and go, hey, we really didn't get that. Uh, could you explain it some more? So Jesus, yeah, sure, I'll explain it. So Jesus says, hey, you know, the, the sower, uh, well, that seed that's being sown, that's the word of God. And the, the seed that fell on the footpath, the hard soil, that represents people that hear it, but they don't understand it. And so before it can ever get inside of them, the devil comes and takes it away. Second type of soil, the one that fell in the rocky soil. Well, that's the kind of people that hear the word of God. And man, initially they are so excited to hear about the word of God. And it looks like they're just taking the ball and running with it. But then it gets tough. It gets difficult. And then there's temptation. And then maybe there's even persecution because of the Word of God, and so they walk away. Third type of soil is, is the soil that had the thorns. And once again, that represents people that hear the Word of God, and man, they are excited, and they take off running, and they're looking really good. But then they get distracted by money, by things, by the pleasures this world has to offer, and they produce nothing. They walk away too. The fourth type of soil, that's the people that hear God's word, they understand God's word, and then they take the ball and run with it, and they go out and produce 30, 60, even 100 times more than what was sown into them. And so that's the story. And Jesus is telling us, he says, this is, in fact, he told the disciples, he goes, you know, not everybody can understand the secrets of the kingdom, but you guys have. So this is a story Jesus makes clear about the kingdom of God. So what I want to focus on today is, what can we learn from this that will help us be better disciple makers? And I think the first thing is, it's important to know how the kingdom of God operates, and the more we can learn about how the kingdom of God operates here on this earth, the more we can align our disciple-making efforts with the principles of the kingdom of God. And so we're working in conjunction with how the kingdom of God works and not in opposition or, um, I mean, we're not intentionally trying to oppose the kingdom of God. But if we don't know, we may be doing things that are not in line with how the kingdom of God works. So first, I think it's important just for us to get a better understanding of how the kingdom of God works. Secondly, you can't be a good disciple maker until you start with yourself. And so I think this is a good check for us to check ourselves periodically. Where are we? Which soil are we at the moment? Are we the first type of soil, which we don't want anything to do? Whatever God tells us, we just ignore it. We're not interested. Are we the second type of soil that talks a good game and is really excited but when things get difficult, when it gets hard, or maybe we're persecuted, made fun of, da-da-da-da-da, on and on and on, 
we just ignore God, we walk away, we don't obey Him? Are we the third type of soil who really talks a good game off the bat and wants to go out and, and really follow God? But man, we start looking around and like, hey, you know, our, our neighbor just got a new car. We need a new car. Hey, they went on a vacation. They went on a cruise. We need to go on a cruise. Hey, we need to get a bigger house. Hey, we want to have this or that. And basically just the pleasures of this life and the things that you can have in this life just suck up all your time and you, you don't really have time to do what it is that God is asking you to do. Are you that type of soil? Or are you the fourth type of soil who takes what God has shown you immediately obeys it and is producing 30, 60, 100 times more than what's sown into you. So that's the second thing I think we can learn from it. Third thing I think we can learn from it is, um, this was a big one for me. This was a big step in my disciple-making journey. It was stop prejudging. Think about this. When the sower, the farmer was sowing his seed, was he prejudging the seed, uh, excuse me, the soil before he threw the seed out? I mean, it seems like he was throwing the seed everywhere. Now, I know that doesn't seem like a wise way to to go out and and sow, but it appears that's what he was doing. He was just sowing the seed everywhere. He wasn't prejudging the soil. He was just throwing the seed. Well, how does this apply to disciple-making? You ever found yourself in this situation? God is telling you, you need to go talk to this person that you see over there. You need to go... Uh, try to attempt to start a spiritual conversation with them. And you kind of size them up, right? You look at them, you're like, "Uh, I don't think they're going to be interested. I'm not going to go try to start this. This conversation is going to go south pretty fast. I just don't want to put myself through it. You're prejudging the soil. You're prejudging what type of soil it is. Man, I did this. I still struggle with this, sizing people up, going, is this going to be an easy, friendly conversation, or I think it's going to be difficult? But I tell you what I found when I've decided not to prejudge and I just go talk to people, I am continually surprised at the people that I thought the conversation was going to be difficult with. They are open. They are open to talk. Not every time, but a lot of times. And the people that I thought were going to be easy, sometimes they're hard soil. Hard soil. So stop prejudging. Just talk to people as you go throughout your day. Attempt to start spiritual conversations. See where it goes. All right, the fourth thing. Well, I don't know if if these soils represent uh, even percentages, like 25% of the people you talk with will be the hard soil, 25% the rocky, 25% the thorny, and 25% the good. I don't know about that. I, I don't really go there. But I think what it does show us is Few of the people that you talk with and share the gospel with are going to respond positively and, and surrender to Jesus. Okay? Just based on there's four types of soil and only one actually produced, only one uh, stayed with it, I think that tells us don't be surprised when a lot of the people that you talk with uh, are not willing to surrender to the gospel. Uh, don't get discouraged by that. It's okay. Just know Jesus said this is how it's going to go when you're out making disciples. Uh, What are we up to here? Five? Yeah. Uh, Number five, uh, two of the four soils fooled the sower, fooled the farmer initially, right? Two of the four, the rocky soil and the thorny soil, they both sprouted and and the plant started growing really quick and it looked like, boy, this is going to produce a great harvest. But over time, things happened and they walked away. And so you're going to be fooled. 
You're going to share with people. People are going to get really excited. Uh, They're going to look like, man, they are just growing leaps and bounds as, as a follower of Jesus. These people are really going to do something amazing. God's going to use them in an amazing way. And then one day you look around, you can't find them. They're gone. They've walked away. And this is going to happen a lot. So don't think it's you. Don't think you did something wrong, that you got fooled, and there's something you should have done. You shouldn't have been fooled. No. Jesus predicted you're going to be fooled, and you're going to be fooled a lot. Now, I, I don't know if it... If people always have bad intentions to try to fool you, I think a lot of times they are they are genuinely excited at first, but they walk away, and that's okay. That's okay when you're fooled. Don't let that discourage you. The sixth one is when people uh, reject your message, when people don't want to listen to your message, when a good percentage of the people Uh, walk away after you think that it's really taken root in them. Don't let that discourage you. That should encourage you. And I'm going to tell you why. Think about it. Jesus predicted a long time ago that this was going to happen as you went out to make disciples. So when you see people rejecting you, when you experience that, when you experience people who you thought this gospel had really changed walking away Let that encourage you because you are experiencing, you are seeing in front of your eyes exactly what Jesus said was going to happen when you went out and make this and when you went out to make disciples. So it should encourage you that you can trust Jesus, that you can trust the Bible, that they know what they're talking about because they predicted this was going to happen many, many years ago. And now you're seeing it in front of your own eyes. And then the last thing that I think we can take to this, I'm not trying to over-spiritualize this. These are just things that jumped out to me as I went over and over and over this this story from Jesus trying to say, how does this apply to disciple making? Because uh, to me, it seemed like this this could be a key story uh, for disciple makers and how we should operate. The last one I got out of it was, and, and this was a big one for me, is how did the sower know what the good soil was. It wasn't when he sowed it. It just, he just threw it everywhere, it looks like. He had to go back and follow up. He had to go back and check. And as he went back and checked, that's how he learned which was the good soil, which was the soil that would fool him initially, and which was the soil that was no good from day one. It was follow up. And follow-up is a key with disciple-making. You have to go back and follow up where you've sown the seed. That is part of disciple-making. As I like to say, disciple-making is not a hit-and-run activity. You don't go out, share the gospel, bunch of people, and then say, whatever happens, happens. No. You need to go back to the best of your ability and try to follow up and see what's going on with those people. Okay, so let's quickly go through the seven things that I think we can learn from this story that will help us as disciple makers is, is one, we need to get a better understanding of how the kingdom of God works on this earth so we can align our disciple making efforts with how the kingdom of God operates and functions in the principles of the kingdom of God. Two, using the four types of soil is a great way for us to check ourselves periodically to see how we're doing. Uh, Number three, what was number three? Oh, number three, don't prejudge. Yeah, that's a big one. Don't prejudge. Don't prejudge how an encounter is going to go with someone. 
Go ahead, talk to that person, attempt to start a spiritual conversation, see where it goes. There's no pressure. You can't force them to talk about spiritual things, but you can test the waters by bringing up something spiritual to see if they want to talk about spiritual things. Um, Number four, few people are going to accept the message of the gospel. We don't know what percentage it is. Maybe some of you say this is a 25% for each type of soil. Okay, I'm not going to debate with you on that because I really don't know you. You may be right. I don't know. I'm I'm just not willing to go there myself. Um, But a large percentage of the people you talk with are not going to accept uh, the gospel. Don't be discouraged by that. Number five, a large percentage of the people you talk with are initially that do uh, receive Uh, the message of the gospel, are initially going to seem like they are on fire for God, they're excited about God, they are really going to follow God. Uh, But over time, and not a very long time, they're going to walk away. Don't be discouraged by that either. Uh, Number six, when you're seeing these things happen, few people responding, uh, a large percentage of those who do seem to respond positively over time uh, walk away. Don't be discouraged by that. Be encouraged because that is just showing Jesus knew what was going to happen a long time ago because he predicted it. And then uh, number seven is a follow-up. You've got to follow up. Disciple-making is not a hit-and-run event. Disciple-making, a big part of it, is follow-up. All right, so if you like this, go ahead and like it. Uh, If you think this is useful, share it with other people that you think it might help. Uh, We're just a part of a small part of trying to train and equip a huge army of people to go out and do their primary job of being an ambassador of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and making disciples of Jesus. Other ways we can continue this conversation. One way that can give you a jump start on your uh, disciple making is we have something that's free. It's called a personal disciple making strategy report. There's a link in the notes below. And if you will go and, and uh, click on that, you will be able to get access to this the disciple-making strategy report, which will allow you to put together a more organized, planned out, thought-through way of going out and making disciples on a regular, consistent basis, which will make you, and, and it will also make you an effective disciple-maker. Uh, another way we can uh, uh, do this is we don't just do YouTube. Uh, we also have a podcast, which is really the podcast is at the moment just uh, the audio of this. So if you prefer to listen to only audio, uh, you can check out the podcast. Uh, links are below. Uh, it's under something called Let's Continue the Conversation. Uh, we also put information on uh, Facebook, on uh, Instagram, on LinkedIn, uh, a little bit on Twitter. Uh, so all the links are down there if you want to follow us there. Uh, also, my email is down there. Direct email. Shoot me an email. Uh, if you got questions, uh, you got concerns, uh, you want to talk, uh, you want more information, just send me send me an email uh, directly. That would be great. If you're ready to go ahead and supercharge your disciple making efforts, uh, this is our, our I think the best thing we offer. It is our uh, foundations of disciple making course, and what it is is I've had the privilege of being part of teaching hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people over the years about how to become a confident, effective, and consistent disciple maker. And so what we've done is I've taken everything that I've learned from all that teaching, what's worked, what didn't work, what needed to be altered, and I've put it into this video course. And it will give you uh, some very practical things to do. It, it works on your mindset. 
Uh, it exposes you to people who are living this life of a 100% sold-out disciple-making ambassador of the King. It will also raise your view and your understanding of who God is so that you are willing to go through uh, the stuff, to pay whatever cost is necessary to follow Him. And it will give you very practical things to do and to say, and we'll show you how to do that. And it works through the three major reasons that people do not go out and share the gospel with others. So there's a link below for that course. Click on that, go over, uh, check it out, see what you think. Uh, Once again, subscribe to this channel. And until next time, let's be about doing our primary job, which is going out and making disciples of the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings.